Well, we're moving now into our sermon, and this is the next in our series on Christian living. And I just want to start by saying that Rob has done an excellent job, uh, Pastor Rob, in preparing and researching and praying through and, and thinking through uh, this sermon series. Uh, my job today is just simply to help deliver it. Uh, but the credit for the thought of this really goes to the pastoral team and to Pastor Rob for their forethought and their care and their prayer and concern as they delivered the weekly sermon. Um, I've done my best here today <laughs> to fully understand and embrace what Rob had prepared for you. He passed his notes along to me. Uh, there's some really good and some really relevant stuff that he's passed along, and I've done my best to wrap my head around it um, and uh, present that to you today. We're coming to the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it is nearly impossible to cover all the points of the Sermon on the Mount in, uh, in just four weeks. That's the case, actually, in a lot of places in the Bible, but particularly so with the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and so in the past three weeks, what we have looked at is we start off by looking at the Beatitudes, uh, we talked about humble righteousness, and we talked about anxiety and peace. Um, a little bit of what we've explored in these services is what Jesus tells us are the eternal values and perspectives uh, that we need to place in our life. And we also talked about the calling that God has given us uh, to do something that is beyond today and that gives us purpose for the future. This morning, we approach Jesus' conclusion of the sermon, uh, which sends home a message that's loud and clear. Let's discover that message together by looking at the passage. And the passage today is Matthew seven twenty-four to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house in the sand. And the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. This is a popular and often read passage from the Sermon on the Mount and it's a great parable. There's lots of material that's in these few verses but today Rob has teased out basically four main points for us to consider. Uh, the first is that we need to hear the words of God. If we are going to be a, a people that is blessed of God, uh, then we need to hear the words of God. And I know that that sounds trite and simple, but the truth of the matter is that the things we hear are often more complicated than they appear on the surface. Our first slack question today is, where do you hear the words of God? Where do you hear the words of God? I'm going to start us with a little exercise here. I think most of us know how much impact words can have on us. But just for an illustration, uh, let me make a statement to you. Here's the statement. I think that the European colonization of the world, as perfected by the British, was the best thing for all nations in world history. Now, who just got offended by me saying that? Are you offended? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. The story that our culture is telling us is a very different story than that statement that I just made. It's as a matter of fact, it's exactly the opposite story. Our culture tells us that the European colonization has systematically destroyed nation after nation of people throughout the modern world. What I just stated about the perfect British is in conflict with what our current culture is teaching us. But it hasn't always been that way, right? 
So it's actually irrelevant to my message today if my take or culture's take is more accurate. It doesn't change the truth. We're hearing things all the time, and what we hear shapes what we think. It doesn't change who God is, but it shapes what the way that we think. So on a conscious and certainly on a subliminal level, our culture informs us, and it informs us through media and schools, um, other institutions, of how things are or how they should be. But it's not always quite that simple. Things aren't always as they're presented to us, are they? So for example, Walmart has eliminated plastic bags. They tell us that's because of their concern for the environment. And maybe it is. Or maybe it's about saving money. Same with the self-checkouts. That's for a faster customer experience, right? Or maybe it's to save the wages. 20 years ago, our governments told us that we had to save trees. That trees were dying at a huge rate and that our, the hole in our ozone was going to increase if we didn't plant more trees to, to kind of help to purify the, the, the atmosphere. And so we eliminated paper bags, we eliminated a whole bunch of paper products, and now, today, plastic is the evil. So we replace plastic straws with paper straws, right? Culture is a shifting sand. Yesterday it was, tr it was trees, today it's plastic. Now, I want to mention I'm not taking aim at the environment. This isn't about the environment. My family and I strongly believe it's important to lessen our environmental impact. As a matter of fact, the shop where I work is a social enterprise that's all about training and mentoring youth and refurbishing and putting used cars back on the road to keep them in the stream. So I believe the environment is important. Uh, also, personally, by the way, I think that Britain just conquered all of those countries for spices that they never use in their food. I don't know mm -hmm. if you've ever eaten British food, but they definitely don't use very many spices when they cook. But culture, society, and institutions teach us how things are. And it's not always as it's presented. So I don't want to lose this. We need to hear the words of God, not the words of our culture. So let's go back to Slack for a minute and see what people have put in. Where do you hear the words of God? Where do you hear the words of God? Corey, what do we have from, from Slack here? What are people uh, saying? Lots of good uh, feedback. I hear them in worship music. I hear God in contemplation. The scripture that I've hidden in my heart from years of reading it. Yes, yay for Awana. Those Awana kids are going to get lots of word hidden, hidden in their heart. I hear God in community. Amen. All of the above. Through worship music, conversations with fellow Christians, and Bible study. Um, I hear God in the 10 minutes before I climb out of bed. Yes, some people are going to um, hear God more clearly in the morning or in the evening. <laughs> um, and what we hear shapes what we think. I hear God through prayer, especially when I stay in prayer long enough to hear. That's a really good um, observation. I think that often I have my prayer time and it's... Um, it's just about me telling God of all the things and not the listening and the hearing. Prayer time in the shower when I'm truly alone. Yes, mums can relate to that. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of time and we do fill our, our head with so much noise or kids do or jobs do or TVs and sound and so many things. Um, but when we're truly alone and we can sit and listen to God. Hmm. Um, Somebody said, I hear God through my Christian community. Amen. 
yeah. reading scripture, Bible study, friends, worship music, church community, um, certain social media accounts, some <laughs> yes. Um, and um, I like this idea that it's like a tripod from the surveyor. Thank you. Um, um, hearing God in prayer, through the Bible, and through community. Yes. Um, Pulling up some While washing here. the dishes. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely through Christian community. And um, when one memorizes scripture and hides God's word in their heart, I hear God whispering in my heart in so many circumstances. I do hear that too. When a little phrase comes up and the rest of the verse comes out. Right. And I remember those times. Right. Very, very helpful. And through our promise group. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I hear God in the still, quiet voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to my spirit. Mm. Many, many ways that mm. we listen to God. I really appreciate that. These yeah. are great. Yeah, and I really appreciate that as a Christian community, we can connect uh, through this avenue, through Slack. Mm-hmm. If you're not actively hearing the words of God, you cannot represent or reflect a godly perspective in the world. We will reflect the cultural perspective. So take, take a minute just to kind of wrap this up and think about for a few seconds what would the world look like if you were God? What would, the world, what would I expect the world to look like if I was God? What would you expect the world to look like if you were God? We can't reflect on the world like God does, but to be Christian, we need to be able to do that. We have to be able to reflect on the world that God does. So we need to hear God's word. God's word is foundational. And this is our second point. God's word is foundational for our actions. It's foundational in terms of our own security. It's foundational for the rest of time. That's the meaning of the word immutable, by the way, unchanging over time. God's word is foundational. Verse 24 says, We'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It's a good idea to build on a rock. We're going to get to this a little bit later, but think about this. God's word provides an unshakable foundation upon which to build our lives upon. God's word is not just a collection of nice platitudes. The authors are not just virtually virtual signaling their sentiments in order to make themselves look good. There was about 40 authors of the Old and New Testament, men and women. Some of them were kings, some of them were prisoners, Some of them were fishermen. Some of them were doctors. It was written over approximately 1,500 years in three different languages. It is internally consistent, despite all of that. It is historically validated, and it's generationally relevant after all of this time. It has genealogies. It has poetry. It has narratives. It has quotes. It is an unchanging moral and ethical rock. And frankly, in a culture of ever-shifting sands, we need something. We need a firm foundation, or we will be lost. Thirdly, God's word is the authority which provides the foundation for our actions. God's word is the authority which provides the foundation for our actions. Again, in verse 24, everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them. So the slack question we're going to look at here is, How do you know if you believe enough? How do you know if you believe enough? There's a tension that exists uh, for those of us that are academics in the midst here, uh, and also for those of us who aren't scholars but just like to talk about God. And the tension lies in these age-old questions, right? Some people just love these kind of questions. 
Uh, how about this one? Are we saved by God's grace or are we saved by the work of Jesus? Uh, has God predestined our lives or do we live with the will to choose freely? Ooh, I can just hear some people just vibrating at home right now. Should I be sprinkled or immersed for baptism? How about this one? If temptation is from the devil, then why does the Lord's Prayer say, lead us not into temptation? <laughs> Listen, people have debated these questions for centuries, okay? People, people have actually given their lives in defense of both sides of these questions. They're hard questions to seek answers for. But when we get into that side of it, we lose the important part of what God has for us in the exercise of Scripture. As believers, God's Word is our authority. I mean, it's foundational for answering our questions. It teaches us how to act, yes. But moreover, it provides our eternal security. It's so much more than a good history book or rules for how we should live. It's the revelation of God. And we don't have to gain authority. That's already been done. We just have to claim it. When we seek God's word, in the, in the process of seeking God's word, we thereby place God in authority over us. And, and he provides for us a way that things are. They, they just are this way. Like that mountain is there. It just is. So when we first hear God's word and then we do what God's word says there comes a natural result. We become like this man in Matthew 7 uh, who built his house on the foundation. There's two parts here, okay? There's the believing and there's the acting. We are saved in the believing. We are changed in the acting. We're saved in the believing. We are changed in the acting. If we focus only on how we should act, then we lose the believing part. Verse 24, everyone who then hears these words of mine and does them. So as believers, we are called to, in, to, to do with integrity, right? Our actions reveal our beliefs, after all, right? So our actions reveal our beliefs, and our beliefs inform our actions. God's word needs to be the foundation of our actions. But sometimes we don't live like it is because we are we're human right humans are sinful and we are who we are sometimes we want to simply say that we believe in jesus but then continue in our destructive ways that's been me at times for sure i am the worst if this is you then this can be very destructive because sure you may believe in jesus but if you haven't made him your lord in this part of your life Jesus wants our hearts, not just our hands or our mouth. James 2.19 says, And you believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess, that's the do, and believe in your heart is the believe part. James 2.26, As the body without the spirit is dead... So faith without deeds is dead. Faith is the believing. De well, some people say faith is a verb and it's a doing thing. But in this context, faith and deeds need to accompany one another. So let's go back to Slack again and see what people have had to, to say on this. The Slack question again was, how do you know if you believe enough? What are people saying on Slack? 
Some good responses, and and it's common, a common response. I don't know, I know I don't believe enough. And um, and um, Rob has quoted this verse from Mark 9, verse 24. Immediately the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. So there's a lot of people who feel this same way. Um, somebody else pointed out a mustard seed must be one measuring tool used. Very good. Um, um, if you know you believe enough, is it a belief? Um, I try to, I believe I try to believe every day, so we're all grappling with this idea. Um, I often wonder if I believe enough when I go through a dry season or a stagnant season or that lazy season or when I'm not feeling it, right? Sometimes we're not feeling it. And I'm, re- I'm reminded of a time when I was feeling that really um, stagnant uh, season and just feeling overwhelmed by so much. It was a time when I was a teenager and um, feeling like, God, where are you? Like, are you really there listening? And um, having this uh, episode where I had to call my mom for a ride, and that was back when there was pay phones, and I had to go um, um, call her for a ride home from an event. And I picked up this pay phone and I dialed, and um, my mom picked up and said hello, and then all of a sudden the line went all staticky and dead, and um, and I had no more quarters. I hung up and I mm. thought, I hope that she comes. And then mm. she showed up. And it reminded me um, of that, that dry season when I was having such a hard time. And I knew that, you know what? God is there. He's going to be there even if we can't hear him. Mm. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, how do we know if we believe enough when we see God's work that, um, that he places an authority over us? So we see him at work. Mm. Um, looking at our prayer journals will um, remind us. Um, here's one. Um, somebody who says when I was a new Christian without a lot of experience with God's faithfulness I said well I hope this is correct and even if if it's not it's a better way of life than when I was creating than what I was creating on my own and so I gave it a shot and saw that God was faithful and he was um, he had this constant presence Um, somebody quoted Romans 10 9 before you said yes I noticed that (laughs) Um, and asking God for help in our unbelief Right. Um, words are cheap. Actions add weight to our words. Very true. Very true. Thank you. Well, what we believe uh, in our hearts is foundational to how we act. And so uh, what we believe, uh, because it, it informs how we act, it transforms our actions. So for the Christian, it is by definition mandatory to hear God's words. We do this at church in song. Uh, we do it through reading of the scriptures, through practice of our spiritual disciplines on Sunday. Uh, And then we flesh that out with each other in community and in small groups and in times of teaching. But it's important for us to have that inward relationship with Jesus Christ and be building that so that we recognize his voice in turbulent times. Just like I recognize my father's voice in a busy basement. Also, we do this as we pray together and do missions together and serve each other and listens to God's prompting. There's lots of different ways. (coughs) Excuse me. God's word is foundational for our security. God's word is foundational for our security. Our slack question here is, how does God's word offer security? Who doesn't love having security, right? I mean, have you ever traveled and felt unsafe because of where you were staying? Have you ever showed up somewhere and there's an armed guard outside of the building and you're like not sure whether that actually gives you more security because there's an armed guard there or whether that's a signal to you of what's happening around that hotel? 
Um, Pastor Rob was saying that he can't help but think of those who've lived through and experienced the awesome force of nature called a hurricane. Uh, he was sharing that Pastor Ron, who is in Fort Myers right now, but was here in Ontario when the hurricane hit Florida recently, uh, I guess two hurricanes ago now, um, uh, Pastor Ron was showing Pastor Rob this security video of the hurricane uh, while he was in Ontario. He was watching the hurricane hit uh, as it made landfall at his condo in Florida, and he was watching it live in his security cameras, and that gave him a certain measure of peace, but only until the power went out, and then he had no idea what was going on, and that suddenly becomes very stressful. We all love security. We all want it. We all need it. And here's the good news. Jesus tells us how we can get it. We hear God's word, and we can put it into practice. This will give us security. But we must define this security lest we think it's the absence of a struggle. Security is not just the absence of a struggle. Verse 25, And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. Because it had been founded on the rock. It's not the absence of a struggle. In fact, those who build on the sand... And those who build on the rock actually have exactly the same struggle. The same hurricane hits, whether you built on the rock or on the sand. Culture is shifting all the time. The values and the morality of culture moves around. And there's no foundation that we can grasp to build upon. Today is not a day where we give up our foundation for the logic of the world. Today is not a day where we say they have a nicer beach over there in the sun on that beach hut. Let's go be like them. Today is a day when the storm is now upon us. And our foundations, what we've already built, is being tested. If we build our foundation upon Jesus as Lord and hold fast to your confession of faith, Hebrews 10.23, and do not give up in doing good, Galatians 6.9, we will discover that we have security that our peers might not have. And we'll be able to be oriented in the storm. So just speak for a little bit about being oriented in the storm. Pastor Rob shared this story with me. Uh, one of the most terrifying elements of flood water is its ability to disorient you. And so Rob was telling about um, one of the first ever times he went to the ocean, and it was in Rio de Janeiro. <coughs> Excuse me. He was playing in the breakers in the ocean and the waves were about four feet tall. And as he put his back to the waves, they would crash into his shoulders and he would jump and lean into it and, and he would have all sorts of fun playing in the breakers. Um, but uh, he got distracted and a wave blindsided him and he went down and he got his bearings together for a minute and then another wave hit him. Uh, he wasn't expecting it and he goes down again. He's rolling around in the surf. He opens his eyes, all he can see is brown, and he's rolling some more, and he actually doesn't know which way is up or down. He's completely disoriented. And then he gets a touch. And now he's oriented, because his hand is on the ground, and he knows which way is up. So he's able to plant his feet and stand upright and save himself. We, folks, are being blindsided by the events in the world today. The storm is coming. The storm is upon us. We sometimes don't know what is right, especially compared to what sounds right or what culture is telling us is right. And so it can be very difficult. So how does God's word offer security to us? What do we have here from Slack? A lot of stuff. And I'm just, I'm, uh, 
I lost my scroll here. Just I see uh, someone said that they are the same storms but different responses yes. leading to different outcomes. That's true. That kind of is informed a little bit by our upbringing and character, I guess, but also by our training and how much time we've spent rooting ourselves in the Word. Yeah. Um, how does God's Word offer security? That's the mystery of faith. God is God's word is living and active. That's the the neat thing. I I so appreciate that in Christianity we don't have to learn an ancient language to be able to know God's words because His word is living and active for us presently. Mm. Um, I love the stories of real people in the Bible. That gives me hope that God can use imperfect people like me. So God gives us security through people who are imperfect in mm. the Bible. Um, God's word gives us security um, by helping us to re um, regulate our emotions and feelings and bringing us out of survival mode. Mm. Um, we can trust in his word. He speaks to us and shows us um, a relation to the stories, even today. Um, he communicates his promises to us, even in the circumstances, in our circumstances. God's unchanging. In our circumstances, change um, all the time, but his promises never change. Um, I know his words come from omniscience, mm. and I, I'm not omniscient. I'm not all-knowing, and that's, that's a big um, source of security. Mm -hmm. um, I like this comment. It's good to say it's mandatory to hear God because there's a trend in this deconstructed, in deconstructed Christianity where there's a belief that we can do Christian faith via our own thoughts or opinions and without others and not reading the scripture or even listening um, to God's leading. Mm -hmm. And so true. We have to have to have to have that firm foundation mm -hmm. in God's word. It, it can't be just about our feelings about God. Mm -hmm. um, I was just pulling up Hebrews 4.11 and I didn't get there quickly enough. The same storms but different responses. Mm. Um, absolutely. It's really important to, to keep in mind that Christianity isn't that out. Mm -hmm. It's not, oh, yeah. I'm going to push the, the golden buzzer and I'm yeah. going to have it all uh, be right sunshine end, and roses right. now, yeah. right? You don't get right to the end by pushing the golden buzzer, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, somebody here said we can trust in his words which give us security. The thing that I love about that is that there's so many ways we can communicate with God, right? Like sometimes God speaks to us through a song or through other people or mm -hmm. through nature or through a dream. Mm -hmm. But we always know we have his word there. It's always available and accessible rather than having to wait for some epiphany that is revealed to you through a dream or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, let us go with let us um, then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace in help of time, in time of need. And I'm just reminded of a whole bunch. That's uh, Hebrews four verse sixteen, but Hebrews four eleven about God's word being living and active. Um, Hebrews thirteen where we it talks about leaning on God first and then. Um, there's others around us who can build us up. Mm -hmm. um, so many scriptures that we can bring to mind that talk about how God is that firm foundation and that security. Right. Uh, that's, that's excellent. Thank you very much. Corey, if you can just go to the next slide, I'm going to conclude by reading these words again that Jesus has clearly uh, spoken to us and given to mm -hmm. us in scripture. These are the, this is our verse again. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
and the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rains fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of us, was the fall of it. Well, this is the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and it points us to the eternal value of life and encourages us to have hope. Hope that will not disappoint, a hope in which God demonstrates his faithfulness to us through the fulfillment of his promise. I want to encourage you today with Rob's final words. He says this, If you hear God's words, put what he says into practice. It will go well with you. You will not be drowning in the storm that is coming and in fact already here. Let us close in prayer. Jesus, may we act according to your word so that we have a secure foundation. May you bring us peace through the revelation of your word in our lives. May you speak to us through these words and then give us the discernment and the knowledge to be able to do uh, what you have asked us to do and to grow through you as well, Jesus. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church uh, and in uh, Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.